Hey, what's up? It's Josh Todd from Buck Cherry, and you're watching CMS TV. Check it out. Joining us today from the San Francisco Bay Area, Hard Rock Heavyweight Veterans Night Ranger, we got guitarist Brad Gillis with us. Brad, thanks for coming on the show. How are you doing, man? Ah, uh, doing fine. You know, kind of back to work, kind of digging that, you know, with this uh, 14, 15-month hiatus of not digging. Uh, you know, it was a tough one on us, but uh, we did three in a row last weekend. And, man, we just got booked on that rock fest in Kadot, Wisconsin this Friday. Right. Uh, kind of a last-minute thing, but... Uh, that's gonna be uh that's gonna be uh crazy one. sure man yeah well yeah well, you just you just alluded to the fact you just uh played some shows this past week and uh go ahead and i guess talk a little bit about how you know great that felt to finally get get back out there uh you know after this last year and a half of not really knowing where live music was going when when things would open up well uh you know we kept ourselves busy through this downtime doing a record which was great but basically, mm -hmm. to get out and play live was a blast. And we actually, uh, uh, since we had a couple sound checks, we learned, uh, you know, we learned Breakout, the new record. And we played that live, the third show, and it came over real well. So, you know, putting something new in, in the set's always great. Having a new record out is always great. Uh, I just hate the downtime when you finish a record, you have to wait three months before it comes out, you know. Right. But it'll be out August 6th. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously, you know, when, when you've been around as long as Night Ranger has been, there's not a lot of firsts, you know, when you've been together for 40 plus years or something. But obviously, yeah, this, as you just kind of alluded to again, this was definitely, I'm sure, first in terms of how you guys recorded the new record, ATBPO. Um, so tell us a little bit about what, what of a different experience this recording was compared to obviously how you guys normally record a new record. Well, uh, you know, under the um, situation we had to come up with a way to be able to come up with these ideas and actually record everybody has their own home studio which is a blessing mm -hmm. and uh we started out with <laughs> believe it or not zoom calls with jack kelly and me and just oh, wow. jamming around on zoom everybody throwing in ideas and and kind of recording it on a little you know on my phone or something I, you know zoom computer then record on my phone come up with these ideas and mm -hmm. that kind of went real well and once we had a bunch of ideas down and figured out the arrangement, you know, we threw it to Kerry Kelly, our other guitar player, and Eric Levy, our keyboard player, and they threw in their two cents on what to add and this and that. And we had Kelly Keggy, our drummer, go into a, a, a big studio in Arizona where he lives now and okay. record the drums. Great drum sound, did, did a great job. Once we had that, it was just flying that, uh, 
line those, uh, you know, the, the, the different, the, the drums and songs around everybody's studio and everybody start putting their own parts on it. And then we get together and we talk about it and do another Zoom call and, and go over stuff. And, and it was a strange way to do a record, but I tell you, man, I think it turned out great. I'm very happy with it. Yeah. I mean, yeah, absolutely. The tracks I've heard sound great so far. Once again, it's, um, ATBPO stands for end the band played on. And speaking of playing on, I mean, you know, Night Ranger, <clears throat> you guys have been obviously playing on for decades now. In fact, I think uh, next year will be 40 years since the release of Dawn Patrol, which is crazy. I think it's been that long since, you know, you guys released that album. years? That's <laughs> what it is, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, we, we came hey, out in the 1800s. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but yeah, it was, it was yeah, 40 years. And one of the things that, you know, that I really enjoy and respect about you guys um, for doing is that you are continuing to release new music on a consistent basis. I mean, you've released, I think, a new record about every three years or so now for the last 15 yeah. years or so. And I think there's a lot of bands from your era, you know, in that era, the 80s and your sound and, the, you know, from the early 80s, they sort of these days tend to sort of, and understandably, I get it, but they tend to sort of rest on their laurels when it comes to creating new music. And they prefer to, you know, just kind of go out there and play the hits uh, that their band is known for. So why is it important, you know, for Night Ranger to continue to write and record new music, even though you guys could obviously easily do the same? You could just simply play your, your hits from the past and, you know, just do that instead of playing new music. Man, it's, it's, it's in our blood. I got to tell you, man, you know, doing new records is always a blast. We've had Frontiers records out of Italy uh, all over us the uh, past mm -hmm. decade or so. And, uh, you know, they, you know, as long as we want to put something out, we got fresh ideas in our head, you know, we go with it. Uh, we had to go into this strained COVID situation to record it, but it, it's in our blood to do a record every couple of years. It, it keeps the band kind of excited and fresh too. You know what I mean? And then mm -hmm. we always throw in a song or two in the set when we go out uh, from familiarity with the crowd and kind of announce us something new. And, you know, we always have those, uh, the videos that come out, you know, we did one for breakout and, 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 mm -hmm. uh, bring it on home this the second single so uh you know we have a great core fan base which helps and uh so they're excited about new records too so um like i said it was a blast to play breakout the other night uh you know and, and you know what's great about it it's up it's fiery it's got that classic night ranger dual guitar mm -hmm. harmony thing and then uh, the solos and and jack is kicks butt on this he sang his butt off on this record man on, on this song mm -hmm. especially and he's all excited about it so you know that excitement kind of keeps us kind of moving and going and stretching out and and mm -hmm. uh creates uh, excitement for us awesome. no question now, now um brad obviously you've done two records now with carrie and, you know, you're the primary guitar guy, and then Carrie comes in, and before that was Joe Hawkstra, and, you know, you've worked with different guys now over the years. How is it different now working with Carrie, now that you've got a couple records, versus, like, when you were working with Joel, or even way back in the day when you were working with uh, Jeff? Well, obviously, uh, for someone to join this band, they got to be up to par with all the other musicians, and that what I'm saying is uh, be able to be a great player, be able to sing well, and just the attitude. Uh, you know, I mean, when you're on the road, you're actually, you know, living with this, whoever joins a band, and, uh, you know, doing bus tours and such. Uh, you know, you want to make sure everybody gets along. The carry's great. He brings a lot to the table. Great guitar player. Got that tone. And uh, I'm, we're all happy to have him in the band. And, you know, Joel was great, too. And, 
you know, it's just find the right guy. Sure, definitely. And and you know, one of the one of the things, Brad, I, I'm an old school night ranger guy. Like I I I, I have been around for those 10 years that are actually 40 years, you know, <laughs> to, to, I, I remember seeing you guys. The first time I saw you guys was in, um, in Cleveland at a WMMS coffee break concert eons ago on Dawn Patrol. I think it was at Cleveland Music Hall. And then I saw you as recently as I think two years ago at the Northfield Roxino. So I've, I've kind of spanned the gamut. And the right. one thing that I, I really notice, especially watching you now, is you guys still very much enjoy playing live. And I think it's almost to the point maybe you enjoy it more now. It seems it comes off to the crowd like you enjoy it more now than maybe you did at, in the heyday. A, is that true? And B, what is it about the the performance now that that is so enjoyable for you guys night after night? Well, you know, you got to realize, like, you know, we all think our lucky stars will still be playing after four years, being in the same band, which is kind of this kind of a pinnacle point for any band, you know, to be able to play decades and stay together and play live. And, you know, back in the day, you guys, we were doing 250 shows a year, you know, in the 80s right. when we came out with it. And that's a lot. And, you know, after even though we were young, it, it got tiring. It would take a toll on you, especially the long two or three month bus tours. Um but, uh, you know, now things are different because we don't play as much. So when we do, it's, it's, more, it's, it's more special. You know what I mean? And uh, uh, we're lucky to get on, uh, gosh, you know, 10 years back, whatever. We had this 40-show uh, journey for Night Ranger around the country. Uh, you know, uh, we went to, then we went to Europe. We always go to Japan when we release a record. Uh, we had our Sammy Hagar tour a couple of years ago. And we... <laughs> Wow, last year we lost our Sammy Whitestake Night Ranger Amphitheater tour because of COVID. But so, you know, after doing this record in the last year and, and getting ready to put it out and, and things opening up, you know, we're all excited just to get back on the road and do what we do, you know, and, and entertain the crowd. And it's 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 a blast. And it's, you know, I guess it's as fun or more fun because we're weekend warriors. We go out on a Thursday, play Friday, Saturday, home on a Sunday. We're not on a bus for so long because believe you me, that, that gets old quick. <laughs> no question. Do you, do you, do you kind of watch the crowd now when you, especially when you play the new material to see, cause, cause obviously it's not like the old days where you could look at a sheet and see, well, we sold 200,000 copies of our record this week. You know, it's not that way anymore. So do you evaluate the new music by seeing how the crowd reacts to it? If they're singing along or if they're grooving to it or clapping along, is, is that course. how you of read course. it now? Yeah, of course. And, you know, when we end up doing uh, these theater shows and stuff on our own where we're the headliner, which we're mostly doing now, uh, it's, it's, it's mainly our fans, which is great. So, you know, you got, you know, my we got a large core fan base and uh, they all show up when they can when we're close or local and in their town and you know we always you know any new music you're trying to get a reaction but you know i think the videos up to uh, a breakout is up to like maybe three hundred thousand views uh which is great um sure. so we just started playing it this last weekend the third show of the three so we're waiting to just go out and and just keep doing it and people will get familiarized themselves with it uh you know a little more all the time and new fans and such and and i'm sure a couple months down the line even after the records release and stuff uh breakout will come across even bigger and better sure no doubt
You know, one of the <clears throat> cool things that uh, you and Kerry did on the record, and you could see from the videos too, was that you both used a couple of vintage guitars. Uh, you had played, I believe, the 57 Stratocaster and the 52 uh, Les Paul Goldtop, two guitars that obviously, you know, totally essential to help that helped create the rock and roll sound back in the 50s. Talk about why you decided to use those on the record. I know you're a guy who likes to, you know, use classic guitars. Um, was there any specific reason that you went for these? guitars this time around did it provide well, you with you know something that maybe you you didn't have on other yeah. records or? well I'm, I'm a vintage guitar collector and vintage amp collector. Mm. so i got like 100 guitars and, <clears throat> and about 40 amps so uh i, I picked a couple jewels out that mm. i had that 52 gold top and this and this you know 50 strat uh and you know uh i just wanted to get some different tones on the record uh which you know the the mm. ballad uh can't find me a hero um i played the strat through a you know, 65 uh, Fender Deluxe Reverb amp. It just got that Strat tone, you know what I mean? Which I really wanted for the record. Mm -hmm, um, and sure. there's something about vintage guitars. I mean, it's for real. For real. Uh, the, you know, the age of the wood, the, you know, just the way they made them back in the day, they kind of got that, their own little squonk to them. Uh, so, you know, and then the, the mm -hmm. gold top, I just <laughs> wanted to play some heavier rhythms and just, you know, get a little heavier sound on certain songs. But, uh, uh, having the luxury of different tones has always been great for me doing records. And, but I mean, you know, I'm still playing my 62 Red Strat on a bunch of stuff and taking that on the road and playing that live and, and live I only play. You know, three guitars. I, okay. I play my uh, my '62 Red Strat, and then I play my '85 mm. Fernandez BG mm. uh, replicas they made back in 1985. They made hundred of them. And I got a really great one. They both have vintage original mm. Floyd Roses on them, made by Floyd Rose in his garage in 1978. And uh, mm. you know, Eddie Van Halen got the first one, Neil Sean got oh, the wow. second one, and I got the third one. And when Eddie was doing his dive bombs, mm. you know, I wanted to be different. <clears throat> so I started doing mm -hmm. way back in the day before we even made it. Uh, I started doing harmonic pull ups, uh, you know, when Eddie was doing dive bombs going down, I thought I'll be, which as you could hear on my last note and don't tell me, love me solo. Uh, and then, uh, mm -hmm. you know, uh, one day I was moving around and, and I, and I bang, I was looking in the mirror trying to come up with some stage moves. Right. And yeah. And I banged <laughs> my guitar and I was playing it, you know, through an ad, I'm playing and I heard the, and look, I got one right here. Hi. <laughs> nice. Anyway, um, <laughs> anyway, so I was banging around and this thing was shaking. The bar was shaking on the floor, right? And this causes flutter sound. I went, oh, you know, and then, you know, I figured out it was actually this floating on my guitar causing that sound. So I incorporated that in my uh, Don't Tell Me Love Me solo too. But uh, using different guitars, different amps, I always try to interject my style in every solo i do i mean there's so many guitar players so many great players but you got to have your own identity so that's mm. mine you know the whole tremolo bar 
Very cool. Yeah, no, absolutely. Well, you know, um, <clears throat> speaking of back in the day, Brad, uh, you know, uh, and live shows, this past March, it marked the, the 43rd anniversary of one of the all-time, you know, great American rock festivals that take place, the Cal Jam 2 in Southern California back in 78. And you, of course, March 18th, part- 1978. Biggest there you uh, go. Music, music day of my life. Go ahead. I'm sure it is. Yeah, no, I was just going to say, I mean, that, I mean, obviously, you know, you and Jack obviously both were there with Rubicon. I mean, what was, I think it was like over 300,000 fans that attended there. It was insane. I guess just talk a bit about that performance and experience in terms of what it did to prepare you for your career, you know, as a musician when you jo- uh, started Night Ranger, once you guys started taking off. Well, uh, I was playing in club bands uh, in, after high school in the uh, late 70s. And, uh, you know, I was playing uh, in clubs, playing all the whatever music was coming out. And, and and really, you know, a lot of funk was out then. And I really got into uh, playing with a cleaner tone, uh, getting that, those ninth chord, you know, start getting into that. Mm-hmm. And I kind of learned that whole, you know, I wanted to branch out and learn all of was playing back then was, was hard rock and a lot of Blue Oyster Cold and Led Zeppelin and all that fun stuff back then. But, uh, you know, so mm-hmm. I got in this band playing five nights a week, five sets a night, got real good at it. Somebody came in and saw me playing. Said we've got this band called Rubicon. Are you interested? I said sure. Uh, I heard they had a record deal on 20th Century Fox Records, so uh, I went and auditioned. They auditioned like 30 guys, and the guy that auditioned right before me is a guy I went to high school with. His name is Danny Chauncey, and he played with 38 Specials the last 30 years. Anyway, oh, yeah. they gave they gave him the gig and said, "There's just one more guy you might know him, Brad Gillis." And Danny goes. Yeah, you know, because we kind of grew up in rival bands in the in the mm-hmm. in high school, right? So, long story short, I got the gig. Um, uh, you know, Jack and I got along, and you know, well playing together and such. And they went to LA to do my first record with Rubicon, and and uh, you know, we had a semi hit. Uh, I think it was top twenty, called "I'm Gonna Take Care of Everything." So. Mm-hmm. We were this unknown band with a semi hit or close to a big hit on the radio. We didn't play out much, but the gigs we did were kind of cool here and there. We really didn't play that much live. But there was a gig called the Cal Jam 2, March 18th, 1978, with uh, Ted Nugent, Errol Smith, Hart, Dave Mason, Santana, all these great bands. And they put us the, mm-hmm. the unknown band on there. And what, it, what was going on back then, they wanted a. Uh, the, the biggest rockest rockest band for each record label back then uh, okay. to, on these shows each label got to throw their biggest band and whatever 20th century fox we were the only really rock band but we were funk rock we had a horn section and everything anyway we were mm-hmm. supposed to open the show uh and there was i think it was three hundred fifty thousand people there and uh it's just uh, and here i'm i just turned 20 years old biggest gig of my life wow. and uh um, but uh, they thought the slot was too big for an unknown band. So they put us at the end of the show after Aerosmith, all right? So, and then uh, I think it was Mahogany wow. Rush, too, mm-hmm. and after Aerosmith. So when we played, you know, there's probably only 250,000 there. Oh, only, huh? <laughs> but, still, <laughs> yeah. but it was it was broadcast on uh on tv and they did a double live record we were part of that but it was it was just huge for us and we ended up doing another record called american dreams and uh nothing really happened and then that's when the drummer quit and kelly keggy our night ranger drummer joined mm-hmm. rubicon and mm-hmm. uh you know i think we did a couple shows with kelly but it just wasn't happening 
everybody in the band started going their own way, different bands and stuff. So Jack and I and Kelly stayed together. And this is late 79-ish, early, you know. Mm-hmm. And then uh, uh, Jack was uh, good friends with Alan Fitzgerald, the keyboard player, who knew the guitar player from Sacramento called uh, named Jeff Watson. And I really wasn't into playing with another guitar player. But when I, you know, we were going, come on, let's do the Thin Lizzy thing, you know, Almer Brother thing, you know, yeah. You know, Leonard Skinner, you know, twin guitars. And and Jeff was a whole different style than me. He was more of that fast fluid making stuff. And I had more of the blues, whammy bar, uh, melodic style. And when I met Jeff, we just got along great. You know, just him and I just hit it off real well. And when we went in and do solos with Night Ranger, you know, we figure out what solo fit which guitar player and also vocals too with Jack and Kelly, which song fit their voice the best. You know, mm. we always wanted to cater to whoever made the song uh, stand out the most, you know, so that's why, you know, we figure out, you know, what songs Kelly should sing and, and what solo was Jeff and I. And if, and then if we, if him and I would battle out what solo to do, then Jack would come in and go, all right, you guys do harmonies, <laughs> harmonies, you know? Uh, uh, but then, you know, then Kelly Keggy, our drummer, wrote this little this little song called Sister Christian. Oh, yeah. And we were playing that. We were playing that. And I just, I knew, I knew. I said, hey, man, I got to do this solo. And Watson's mm-hmm. all right, man. And, you know, and so I ended up doing the solo. But uh, we recorded it. And the record company, they were, they were pretty smart. You put out a record and you want that, you know, first big hit or two. And sure enough. We released off of Dawn Patrol, our first single, Don't Tell Me You Love Me. Uh, and MTV had just come out. We did our video. They had they didn't have enough content for 24-7 uh, to play videos. So he played mm-hmm. Don't Tell Me You Love Me literally 25 or 30 times a day. Wow. Then everybody got hip to it and start throwing in videos. Then, uh, then you know, uh, every record, or, you know, we'd be, I think we did about a dozen or more that uh, were big throughout the 80s. But uh, the record company decided to hold off on this this little ballad called Sister Christian because they knew, they knew it. They knew it was going to be a big hit. So mm-hmm. sure enough, you know, we get in to do the second record and Jack and I wrote, you can still rock in America. Big theme song for a single off the second record. And then this little old battle came out, Sister Christian. And mm-hmm. it was so huge that we were able to branch off and start to headline on our own, uh, late 83 or 84-ish, something like that. And I remember gearing up a new stage and everything, getting on the bus and, you know, extra buses, trucks with equipment and everything. It's like, wow, our first headline tour. And we pulled into uh, our first show of our headline tour, we pulled into La Crosse, Wisconsin, to that uh, Coliseum there and, uh, on Marquee. It said, you know, tonight, Night Ranger sold out. And, and we were like, yeah, you know. So we, we, we started out with a bang and because and of, uh, you know, Sister Christian. Nice. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah let, not uh, sure. let, me, let me ask you, Brad. I, I just want to piggyback off of that a little bit. Sister Christian obviously was so huge. And you did do ballads on subsequent records after with you know with goodbye and obviously hearts away and stuff like that was that you guys kind of trying to chase the success of sister christian or was that really just what you wrote at the time and you know because it it doesn't don't don't get me started 
So that's a yes? <laughs> Don't get me started. All right. Here's what happened. You know, we got moved over from Wardlock. The label was starting to go under, and then MCA picked us up with the Irving A's off. You know, we released, you know, Sister Christian was such a big hit. They thought, wow, such big success with the ballad. Let's release ballads for the rest of their friggin' career. So that's what mm -hmm. happened there. They kept releasing ballad after ballad, and they killed the band, man. They killed this band. You know, we had great rock songs, but they, the success of the ballad was too big. And uh, I'll, I'll stop it right there. <laughs> but, well well let, let me let me ask this one since, since since we've got you sort of talking about it is there a song in the catalog maybe it's one of the two i mentioned but is there anything in the night ranger catalog a hundred and however many songs now that you you personally look at and absolutely cringe at it because it just isn't what you would have put your name on what you like something well, like here's that. what happened you know uh the about the fifth or sixth record, whatever it was, uh, you know, we we were, you know, we didn't want to write a ballad. We were going to give them our just rock and roll record. And they said, where's your ballad? Well, we don't have one. Oh, yes, you will have one. So they started throwing <laughs> songs at us. They started throwing songs at us. And one was a song called, I did it. Mm -hmm, I did it. Mm -hmm, I did it for love. Right. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> so we did it. We put out a video, released it, didn't do nothing. We all cringed. And uh, you know, so it's that song. I did it for love. That's the one that makes me cringe. Very good. <laughs> I'm, well, I'm cringing. I'm cringing right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's no need to be cringing off of anything of the new record. ATP, ATBPO, and the band played on. It is brand new Night Ranger. It is out next month. And uh, Brad, where should we send people to keep up with you guys and get tour dates and buy the record? Well, you know, stuff? of course, you know, Facebook and Night Ranger and NightRanger.com, you know, whatever. And, uh, but you know, we got some great gigs coming up. Uh, uh, we just did the M3 Festival back east. That was great. Headlined on 4th of July. But we have Summerfest coming up. Uh, uh, Fray's Pavilion in Ohio with Sticks. Uh, Moondance Jam. Uh, we had the Rockfest in Kadat coming up this Friday. We just got the Kiss Cruise over Halloween. Nice. And we're doing the Sweden uh, Rock Festival in Sweden, opening for Guns N' Roses in 2022 summer. Wow. So awesome. um, it, it, ain't, it ain't so bad. No, <laughs> not at all. Not at all. Definitely not. Yeah. Well, one, one more time. The name of the record is the and the band played on or ATBPO. And Brad, thanks so much uh, once again for joining us here on Aftershocks. Yeah, appreciate it, Brad. Hey, my pleasure, you guys. You know, thanks for having me and letting the world know we got this new record coming out and and we're touring a lot. So you know, check the schedule and anybody listening, see if we're coming to your area. Yeah.